This is the podcast to 10x your income and quit your W-2 job. We're going to talk about how you can double the amount you can make from finding a rundown house and passing it off to an investor, what we call wholesaling real estate. And the strategy is actually finding more qualified buyers so you can sell that property for the absolute most. I'm David Lecco. I created a process that's helped people close 10,000 deals in all 50 states called Deal Machine. And my co-host, Ryan Haywood, is who you're going to hear from today. He's done 419 deals in St. Joseph, Missouri. The one thing that made me the most nervous about wholesaling was finding a buyer. If you're anything like me, having the property and getting the property will spark some excitement. Like, yes, I got that one distressed property. But then quickly after that excitement, you're going to have that panic and stress set in of, now I got to find a buyer. Uh, and that is that is the most important part because if you don't have a buyer, you can't wholesale the deal. So finding the buyer uh, is a big key. But something that's even more important is vetting the buyer and finding out a little bit more about the buyer because if you can build a relationship with an investor who buys multiple properties, who can close with cash, then what you have is something to build some consistency on. And wholesaling isn't just doing one deal and being done. It's building a repetition of doing multiple deals. And you need to do that uh, by vetting buyers. So going back to the meeting um, in Kansas City, my biggest question is, okay, how do I find buyers? And after the meeting was over, I went up and introduced myself to the guy and I said, okay, I have one question. How do I find buyers? And his response was simple and frustrating. Oh, that's the easiest part. I'm like, cool, tell me more. And he's like, you'll find them. And I'm like, how? And he's like, there's so many different ways. And then he really walked away and left me with just that. And so I was like, oh my goodness. Like at the time I only had two buyers. They had bought, I had maybe done five deals at that time. And the two buyers had bought those five deals, but they met a, a limit that that was all they could do at the time until these, these ones were done. They couldn't buy anymore. So that put me into another stressful position of, well, I'm still acquiring properties. So how do I find more buyers if these guys can't continue to buy at a rapid pace? And Megan and I were, Megan was doing a pretty good job at, at keeping our Instagram posts active and we were putting stuff on Instagram often. And we had never this practice of vetting a buyer or asking this buyer questions um, and I'm going to go over some of these questions here in just a second to give you some frame um, on on building that relationship. But we we didn't have the consistency to do repeat deals with multiple people. And it's increasingly hard if you're wholesaling to do a deal with a new buyer every time. So it's increasingly important to find guys that can do repeat deals. So we'd max out the two guys that we had had We'd been on Instagram, we'd been marketing our deals, and one guy reached out uh, through Instagram and said, hey, I'm buying properties in your area. I buy hundreds of deals. And immediately I seen it and I'm like, it's fake. Like, I'm not going to believe it. And uh, I kind of dismissed it. But then Megan, who was taking care of our social media, she's like, hey, this guy keeps messaging me. He wants to come and look at these houses. So I'm like, okay, well me being 
knew enough that I was like, I need to sell the, the deal and I don't have a buyer, tell him to meet me at 8 a.m. on Saturday. And so we messaged him. He says, yep, I'll be there. And I get there at 8 a.m. And I'm waiting outside, sitting on the hood of my car. Nobody's showing up. And immediately the thoughts start coming in of like, this guy just kicking tires. He's blowing steam. I waited until about 8.30. I was getting ready to get in the car. And all of a sudden, the guy pulls up. And I'm like, okay, that's good. And I got out and I introduced myself. We walked through the house. Um, and that first house that we walked through, we're looking at it. He's like, yeah, is, let's go check out the other one. So we drive, we get in the car and we drive to the other one. We walk through, um, and he just says, okay, uh, this one, I'll give you your full asking price. I'm like, okay, like that, that was, it, it took me back a little bit because I'm like, that was really simple. Um, like that. Like, I'll send you the contract right now. I, yep, I can close it tomorrow. I can close as soon as you're ready to close. I've got cash. I'm ready to close. That's when I was able to build. I learned to find someone that can close quickly and that has cash and that has the ability to buy multiple properties. That specific buyer went on and in the next six months ended up buying 17 properties from me. Now, that is not completely common. It takes a little bit of time to find those guys. And the re reason I know that I found him fairly early in my journey, but then it went, we went a while without finding another person that could do something similar. Um, what I started learning is I would get deals assigned to somebody and yeah, yeah, I can close with cash. And then it comes close to title and we're struggling to get a hold of them. Um, the title company can't get a hold, a hold of them. And then Eventually, we would, and a couple times, we've had to break the deal because the guy that we assigned it to, we didn't vet. And we'd get all the way to the closing table. We're ready to close. He's not responding. And then the, the funds don't get sent and the deal falls apart. And so a couple times, um, you know, we kicked ourselves for that, like not being able to, you know, keep the deal together. But what we learned is that we need to ask better questions up front. So once you're meeting somebody, you, you meet at a prospective buyer, it's very important to ask some questions. Hey guys, if you know you want to quit your job in the next three months, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast because we've got some incredible frameworks with step-by-step -step instruction that you're not going to want to miss. Also, leave us a rating and review to let us know your favorite parts and why you want to get financial freedom. A couple questions that I like to ask is... What type of investor are you? Do you like to find properties that flip? Do you have a rental portfolio? Yes. How many properties do you have in your portfolio? Awesome. What locations are they? Are they here in this one city? Are they? Do you have them spread out? Some guys I will say, or some investors I will say, kind of feel intimidated by the questioning. Um, but as long as you're keeping it lighthearted, most of the time they don't give kickback. They're willing to share some information. And the reason I, I always, I say the same thing. I'm like, the reason I'm asking these questions is I want to make sure that if I find deals that meet these criteria that I can call you first and give you a, you know, early peek at these deals, um, and help you get 
to your goals. So that leads to the next question. What goals do you have? Do you want to get so many properties in the in a certain time frame? Are you wanting to do so many flips in a certain time frame? How can I assist getting you to where you need to be? Um, these are all questions that, like, after the fact, in hindsight's always twenty twenty. After the fact, these are things that we ask now. If I would have asked them early in the deal, I probably would have been able to save a couple of the deals that I lost. Um, we've been fortunate. We have been incredibly fortunate, and we have not had to back out of more than, I would say more than 10 deals, over 417 transactions, we've only had to back out of maybe 10 deals. And by vetting these buyers, that has given us some insight on, you know, are they able to perform? Because performing buyers, the only kind of buyer that's going to help you be successful in doing multiple deals. Another question that you can ask is, are you using cash or are you using a lender? Why is that important? Most of them will always say cash, but what ends up happening is they get to the closing table and surprise, there's a lender involved and the lender needs this, this, and this, and the lender needs a scope of work and the lender needs a handful of different pieces. Well, if you didn't ask that up front, your window of close is getting close they may not be able to perform fast enough to meet your closing date. So asking that question up front, are you using cash or a lender, can save you a lot of headache on ensuring that your closing stay on time. So those two questions ask are multiple questions that we've, that we've asked. What type of properties are you buying? Do you have goals? What type of investor are you? Do you plan to co close with cash or a lender? Um, those things can help you significantly tighten who your buyers list is. And if you can find, like we did, we found one guy, um, we had probably 10 to 15 buyers that we would do deals with, but most of them would do a deal and you'd have to wait a few months before that was done. And then they'd do another deal. And then you'd have a couple buyers who would, you could send them, Hey, here's a property at this address. Here's the what we think the ARV, here's what we think the repairs are. Okay, I'll buy it. Send them the contract. Literally with this guy, we would send the contract, send the paperwork to title, and we would close the transactions, and we never had a problem. And the reason that we never had a problem is because this specific investor, who I thought was just kicking tires, ended up being a legitimate investor. He had hundreds of properties. He did have the ability to close and close with cash. And the several deals that he did with us, we never had problems with closing unless there was a title issue. But when the funds needed to be there, the funds were there, which is another piece of asking questions. So you have your closing date. It's incredibly important to advise your cash buyer, hey, the closing date is this day. Funds need to be in the title, at title in escrow, two days before closing. Is that something that you can do? If they say yes, you're good to go. And that, why is that important? That's important because that's going to ensure that your deal closes on time. Closing on time helps the whole process because the, the people that are selling these properties, if it gets delayed, they get frustrated. And what happens is they start getting nervous if that continues down that path of nerves, they'll back out of the deal. You'll lose a deal. 
if you can ensure that doing, okay, hey, I've got this closing. It's scheduled on the 15th. I need the funds in escrow by the 13th. We will close, but we have to have the title. We have to have the, the funds at title two days prior to closing. If they can match and if they can do that, what that does is it gives you on-time closes, which gives you credibility with sellers who are going to spread word, but it also ensures your relationship with the buyer, the investor, that they can perform quickly, that they can close on time, and that you can create a repeatable process with them up front. But establishing those boundaries, uh, asking those challenging questions is going to give you the frame to build lasting relationships. And the best kind of business that we have found in wholesaling is repeat business. Finding investors that can do multiple deals back to back to back. Um, it's not sustainable trying to find an inve- a new investor for every single deal. So trying to build those relationships with guys that can perform, that can buy multiple properties, um, and that you don't have to hound, hey, this is the closing date. Hey, you haven't got funds in yet. All that does is it takes the time to get a deal closed that much longer, makes it that much more of a headache, and is harder to do deals. So I hope that this has been beneficial for you. It has been something that has been very pivotal in our journey of wholesaling. Um, it's something that we do with everyone that subscribes to be on our buyers list as we we go through the questionnaire. It's not always cash. It's just setting the expectation and vetting the buyers to help you know where in that process you have to step in. If it's cash, it's so easy. It's so fun. You can do deals quickly every time, but lending could be that way too. You just have to, you have to ask questions. You have to vet the buyers um, and build those relationships. If you enjoyed this episode, but you haven't done a deal yet, check out episode 65 of this podcast, how to do your first deal in seven days. And we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please leave us a review and follow along wherever you're listening to your podcast.